Hello, hello, it's Abby here. Welcome to the re-release of the first episode of Gaining Momentum. Thanks for joining us as we reintroduce ourselves. So without further ado, time to get to know Abby and Megan. Whether it's for the first time or all over again, we're happy to have you. Welcome to the Gaining Momentum Podcast with your hosts, Abby and Megan. This is the podcast where we try our best to parent our kids for the world we want them to grow up in and the world we live in now. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of Gaining Momentum. Abby, how are you feeling? It's our first episode. Not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm also excited. And I just figure if we blow this, no one will listen and we just won't post it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Stakes how are, are you low. feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm really excited, but I'm also roasting hot because our makeshift studios are definitely makeshift and they don't have super great air circulation, but it's all good. I'm so glad we're doing this together. Me too. And I'm so happy. Um, You know what? If anybody listens or if they don't, we get to hang out, which is amazing, which is great. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. I'm Abby. And I'm Megan. And we have been friends for a long time. If you listen to our promo episodes, you already know we've been friends for over a decade. And we thought maybe we'd just start out telling you a little bit about uh, who we are and why you might want to hang out with us and spend some time with us during our pod. Yeah, for sure. Why the podcast why now so we just wanted to share a little bit about like what our inspiration was and why why we wanted to do this like why did this speak to us at this particular moment abby do you want to talk a little bit about what kind of was the sort of catalyst that brought us to the mic sure of course it's been a real 2020 so far as i'm sure (laughs) a lot of people are feeling I mean, I thought the weirdest thing about the year would be that it was a leap year and I was excited <laughs> for the Olympics. And then 2020 Aww. was like, yeah, I've got other plans for literally everybody on this planet. So hanging out at home, COVIDing it up. Not that I had COVID, just, you know, <laughs> hanging out at home because... I'll be very clear, it was not a quarantine. Which I understand out. some people listening may have had it. Some people listening yeah, might have yeah. it now. But I... Yeah, not to stigmatize COVID. We're not stigmatizing COVID pause. Exactly. When I say COVIDing it up, I just mean I was staying at home because that's what we were supposed to do. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I did. And of course, then while we were all at home, we all joined in, I don't even know what the word is for it, a cultural moment, a cultural movement, Mm -hmm. a societal movement, a call to action. A moment of reckoning. But like everybody, I saw on the news what happened to George Floyd. Mm-hmm. I saw on the news about Ahmed Arbery and how it didn't come to light until months later. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. saw on the news about Breonna Taylor. I saw mm-hmm. on the news about really countless of black lives that have just been extinguished for no mm-hmm. reason other than the fact that they are black. Mm-hmm. And as a black woman and as a human being, mm-hmm. I was just overwhelmed I was terrified. I was angry. I was sad. I was feeling a lot of things and I just wanted to know what to do next. And I Mm -hmm. think over the past several years as I'm growing into myself and honestly, since I became a mom, Mm -hmm. 
I've started to find my voice and now I'm ready to use it. So I have some things that I want to say and mm-hmm. I like saying things to you, Meg. So <laughs> <laughs> the and podcast I, was born. Yeah. And I like listening to things from you, but I also just love, we have such a, like, as mentioned in the podcast teaser, the promo, we have such a special relationship and an open relationship. And I am a cisgendered, uh, heterosexual white woman. Um, That's sort of my identity. And so we always have, yeah, like really important discussions between us. We care deeply about injustice and we always have. That's always been kind of like a, like a real magnetic part of our friendship beyond like a thousand other things but obviously Mm -hmm. we've always really connected over that part of like what we're both passionate about and then you know as parents yeah just like really sitting in this moment you know we're thinking about this stuff all the time but when have like such a like broad audience paying paying attention in a cultural moment um there's something about that that is like the the force that you need sometimes behind you to take away your timidness your um anxiety your self-consciousness even we've talked a lot about that make pushes you towards the mic right even if you know it feels uh new and uncomfortable but i just knew that like this was when when we sort of started like brainchilding this idea there's nobody else I would have wanted to do it with and um, because we have first of all our specific identity perspectives and then our friendship at that core we just felt like this could be a space where we could really model what it looks like to not only explore really tricky topics as parents and through that like parenthood lens um, because we do want our kids to grow up in a world that looks better than the one we're in right now, but also um, have an opportunity to model a little bit about like how that people can, we can do hard things, right? We can have difficult conversations. Yes. We can be accountable. Yes. We can make mistakes. Yes. Lots we of can them. learn. Yes. And lots and lots of mistakes. And it's all about how we sit in those moments and learn. And so we really wanted to like sort of be able to, and when I say model, in no way am I being like, we are the standard or the model for how to have those conversations. But <laughs> Certainly I think not. I think it's really just more like modeling vulnerability, right? Like, here's what I'm scared of. Here's what I'm not killing it at. Here's what I want to know more about. How can we do that in community? And how can we do that together and kind of use our friendship and the things we already all always talk about together as a vehicle for that to like build community around? Absolutely. And as we say, we're just trying our best to parent our kids for the world we want them to grow up in and the world we live in now. And part of that trying our best is having conversations that make us uncomfortable and learning and learning and listening and learning some more Mm -hmm. and speaking up when you have something to say, because none of us are perfect. None of us know everything, Mm -hmm. but the best way we can be parents to our kids, I think mm-hmm. it's by taking in all the information that we can so that we are sending our little humans out into the world mm-hmm. as best we can prepared for the world that they're going to meet, but yeah. also to help them rise to the occasion to create the world that we want them to grow up in. Absolutely. And you know, like I've been finding one theme in groups of parents that I've spoken to individually or even like in like group moments where I'm with multiple people who are parents there's a lot of people out there who really want that um, in across the board from all identity perspectives. But what I'm finding is there's just such a nervousness around like doing it wrong. Right. And I've heard that from a few people that people yeah. want to get involved, but they're just worried about putting a foot wrong. And I mm-hmm. think the 
only way to do it wrong is to do nothing. Totally. And I will say like, of course, like I want to be mindful of the fact that, you, you know, like sometimes when we do it wrong, we can cause harm. Um, and that's not something that we're not aware of either. Um, but I think it's about just even recognizing where that harm lives, right? So that we can do better. And and I think you're absolutely right, Abby. Like the, the worst thing that we can do is stay quiet or not tackle it or not um, have those tricky conversations with others and with our kids because we're scared, right? That we're going to say the wrong thing or we're going to do it wrong or we just feel paralyzed by the bigness of the topic that we, it, it feels easier to not, right? Exactly. Yeah. So and I, the thing is, the more you have these uncomfortable conversations, they stop being uncomfortable and they just turn into conversations. Totally. Absolutely. Right. If we can provide some perspective and even some tools along the way around like what that can sound like, how do we talk about these things? Why is it important? We will feel like we've created something useful in this space. And once Absolutely. again, we just get to hang out, which is yeah. like total and bonus. We'll have some fun and hopefully people listening will give us some feedback because we definitely want to hear what people have to say. We want to hear absolutely. what topics you'd like us to cover. Mm -hmm. We'd like to hear you be like, you guys got that absolutely wrong. This is actually what you're supposed to be doing in such and such a situation. Totally. Or you guys got that right. We just want to hear everything. I mean, obviously we'd love it if you keep it constructive and <laughs> <laughs> don't immediately yeah. go the troll route, but you know, Your voices are annoying. <laughs> yeah. You know, constructive feedback about things we can change. This is my yeah. voice. I it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to get feedback around ums and likes because there's a lot <laughs> of filler in my conversational tone. But we are really, though, looking to um, kind of build a community in this space. And community is nothing without feedback, discussion, pushback. Um, we're all about calling in and calling everyone into the conversation versus like um, yeah not actually calling in we don't have a phone number no, but no. you will see in our <laughs> podcast description that you can dm us on instagram or you can send us an email hey, so by call in we mean write in we mean email us not long time listener first time caller style because <laughs> we will not be reachable but um, yeah, we hope that we can kind of grow this community and we're, we're going to see where it goes. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about some of the topics that we're hoping to explore over the next few episodes? Yes, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, our next episode coming up in two weeks, we're hoping for this first season to get you guys a new pod to listen to every other Thursday listen every other Thursday or, you know, stockpile them and listen to them all on a long road trip to depending on where you are and what the COVID situation is, <laughs> a long road trip around your neighborhood. <laughs> or if you're able to travel safely, then a long trip to wherever you're going. We'd love to join you on the ride. Absolutely. So, yes. Two Thursdays from now, we will be talking about race. Mm -hmm. As we've mentioned, um, I am black. Megan is white. And race is an everyday part of everyone's life. But in mine, I have to think about it. It is ever present in almost every moment of every day. And it's ever present, especially as I'm raising my child, because I need to equip him, not just for the world that I hope he'll grow up in, but also for the world that we live in now, because the world isn't always super kind to black men. I don't know if anybody has heard that recently, but sometimes things get rough. And I 
I'm struggling with when it's time to educate him, how to educate him, what to do. So that's one of the things that we'll tackle in our first episode. And if anybody has suggestions or help, I will happily hear you out. So what else will we be talking about, Meg? It's so interesting because as you're talking, I like want to get into it on like the topic. I have to like pump the brakes because I'm like, we have a whole other episode (laughs) to have that discussion. (laughs) We're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff. I mean, some other areas that we're really passionate about from like a justice perspective. We're both feminists. We're both uh, raising boys as far as we know. Um, We haven't, they haven't let us know otherwise at this point. And we are really uh, interested in talking about gender and raising young men and raising boys and what challenges and the um, fears are about that. Um, That includes like also looking at, um, you know, body autonomy, consent, all of those really um, tricky things that I know a lot of parents are struggling to have conversations about with their, with their kids of all all gender spectrum and orientation. We are really interested in talking about the uh, intersectionality. So how does, you know, the different parts of our identity intersect to um, create very different experiences, both as individuals, but also as parents. And how do we need to be, um, you know, thinking about that when we are parenting our kids. We're even going to talk kind of like intersectionality for beginners because that can be like an overwhelming and new kind of idea for I folks. Definitely that are- use a refresher course. Yeah, totally. And so we're going to take some time to really focus on that. We really want to talk about friendships too, especially female friendships. Yes. Um, obviously, that's so core to like Abby and I and why we're here and our um, journey together. So we just thought that's as parents, especially your friendships can start to like morph and change. So we want to take some time to talk about, you know, specifically for us, female friendships and the connections that we have in our community, um, communities of women or anyone who's female identifying or non-binary as well. But in those communities, how are those friendships, um, you know, like changing dynamic and also sometimes tricky? Yes, absolutely. Speaking of tricky, also tricky family dynamics. Ooh, yeah. Those will come into play, you know, immediate family, extended family, families mm-hmm. you've partnered into, mm-hmm. families you've chosen for yourself. I mean, really, as soon as you introduce another person outside of yourself, things can get tricky. Things can get a little touch and go. And so mm-hmm. we want to talk about it and explore what that looks like. Yeah, for sure. And um, we also just really want to like think and talk about uh, and take some time to explore, you know, Abby and I are taking this leap with this um, project, the podcast, and um, we were really talking about how um, so many folks that we know, um, you know, like maybe second guess or we are um, sometimes not sure about, you know, our capacity or what we want to pursue or what we can balance and manage as parents as well uh, when it comes to like our career paths and like our areas of interest maybe that live outside of our our parenting world. Um, so we want to talk about like taking leaps and especially, again, this can be a very gendered thing where sometimes, you know, people who are non-male maybe don't um, feel, maybe it's like, as entitled or as confident or whatever that might be all that gendered stuff to take those leaps and to feel like they should take up space, right? With yes, whatever that leap up is. space, mm-hmm. giving yourself permission to take up space. It big is time. a constant battle for sure. Big time. And so we want to have, we want to have some discussion about that because we think that could be really meaty and, you know, also builds on a lot of the stuff that we just, uh, kind of outline that we'd love to talk about and we're open if there's stuff that you know people are really like keen to get into discussion about and and you know like learn how to have those discussions with 
young people in their life and young people that they care for, we would love to hear what those, those pieces are. And if you also want to teach us how to have those discussions, because we definitely both have some gaps in our knowledge that we would love some assistance with. We want to be teachers. We want to be students. We want to be peers. We just want to have open dialogue. For sure. Yeah. And like other things that were sort of on our radar, we definitely are interested in, you know, whether it's in our intersectionality conversation or in a separate conversation, like talking about how do we talk about gender and sexuality. So inclusive of like LGBTQ2SI plus communities and identities within our parenting, um, make sure that, you know, we have safe spaces for kids to grow up and be whoever they are and whatever feels good for them. Um, so that's kind of on our radar. And then also just like mental health, right? All of this kind of links to self-care, wellness, mental health for parents and, and also for little people in our world. Absolutely. Mental health is a big through line across so many different topics. Totally. We're so excited. We're, we're, I'm getting excited even right now, just thinking about all the things that we want to dig into. If you're interested in any of those things that we've just talked about, keep tabs on what we're doing, send us feedback about what you'd like to prioritize. Um, subscribe to like our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Yeah, subscribe. I've always <laughs> wanted to say that. And we will be tackling all the things. And and also, like, it's not all going to be heavy and, like, hard. We're very um, into movies and TV and comedy, and we're pretty silly. Even if it maybe today we're a little nervous and we're being kind of serious, um, we like to laugh and have a good time, too. So we'll be doing that as well as well, we... What I've been suppressing this entire time, every time I jump in with like a yes or an uh-huh, mm-hmm. I feel like Jay-Z doing an ad lib in a song uh. where he's like, yeah, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's all I hear. And then I hear suddenly Rihanna Umbrella playing in my head. Oh, no. So that's I was going to sing is. it. I was going to sing it, but then I was like, I don't think I'm there yet. I'm just I also don't know how that works on podcasts. If we sing it, do we have to buy the rights to the song? Oh, <laughs> you just said Jay-Z. Do we have to pay him? What's happening? <laughs> Oh man, and we're so amateur with uh, connections to home. <laughs> Maybe just don't let him know we're well, dropping his name on our pod. Oh, don't tell him. We met Jay Z Reynolds, who's a friend of ours, <laughs> who lives a couple blocks over. Nice guy, really nice guy. So maybe we'll take a quick pause and then we will maybe share a little bit more about our friendship and how we met each other and came to this place. Uh huh. Uh huh. So one of the things that we really wanted to do on the pod was celebrate like our community. So we're going to call these uh, momentum shout outs. And so we're going to start this week on our first pod with our very first momentum shout out. And I'm going to hand it over to Abby because you saw something really cool today. I did. I was huffing and puffing while pushing my child in the stroller over a bridge, which felt much too long given how hot out it was outside. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I heard this really loud whistle from the other side of the bridge. So it gained my attention. And I looked over and I saw that the sound had come from a parent who was across the street. She was holding a scooter while trekking across this bridge with two kids, one riding quite a bit ahead of her in the scooter and one carry, being carried behind her by an adult friend who was with them. So the kid behind her clearly needed their parent for some reason or another. So she did the super loud whistle to get the kid who was scooting way ahead to get that kid's attention. And as soon as that kid heard the whistle, 
boom, just stopped in his tracks. And I was so (laughs) impressed with that mom. First of all, that she could make that sound because I cannot whistle to save my life. So wait, she did it with her mouth or with a whistle, like a coach's whistle? No, I didn't. I didn't see her do the whistle. But when I looked over immediately upon hearing it, it appeared to have just been like a hand whistle, like one of those. Yeah, that is advanced. Exception. advanced it was mom- momming That's yeah impressive. it was super impressive that kid stopped <laughs> right away and I almost yelled across all four lanes of traffic to tell her how impressive that was but instead I just smiled and sent a voice note to you Meg and now we have a segment yeah and now we and, and it was born momentum <laughs> shout out so shout That's out so to impressive. you mom crossing the bridge whistling at your kid who immediately knew that that meant stop what you are doing now yeah dude I, I have learning to do big time learning. Yes. I need to learn to whistle. And then I also need to learn to communicate to my child the importance of stopping when you are playing very far ahead. Mm -hmm. I, it's a, it's a work in progress guys. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. And the kid just waited until, um, his parent and sibling caught up. So I thought that was really cool too. like, not just stop and then like wait a couple seconds and continue on your way, but Mm -hmm. like stop and wait for everybody to come back together as a group and then carry on from there. Um, yeah. So shout out to that mom. Uh, it was really cool to witness and you have given me something to strive for. Thanks. Cool. So we also wanted to share just a little bit about like the history of our friendship. So Abby and I have been friends. Oh my goodness. Like more than a decade. Way back. Like 13 years, maybe. Yeah, 2007. And actually, I know that for sure because <laughs> so I, I. I remember um, meeting you for the first time. Um, and you probably, I don't know if you do, but I think you probably remember this too. Abby yeah. and I um, both are avid soccer players or we have been in the past. And so it's, uh, that was kind of initially the thing that drew us together because I had just moved to the city that we were both living in at the time, and um, I was there to be with my partner, and I had just finished university, and I had, like, no other things going on in the new city that I was living in. Like, I didn't have a job yet. I didn't know anyone. It was really just, like, my partner who was there and maybe, like, his circle. But first thing I did, because this is how I typically had, like, met people and made connections, was look for a soccer team to play on. So it was like kind of one of those things. I felt nervous about it. I didn't really know the city well, but I hopped on a bus and, you know, the random team that had um, said they had room for another player um, practiced at this place that was like way across town. So I I didn't have a car at the time. I hopped on the bus and I think I must have been sitting next to you or like very close to you. And you were with somebody, I feel like. It doesn't matter. His name is not important. Oh, okay. (laughs) Let's leave the past in the past. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. You were absolutely alone. And... And I noticed that you had like equipment with you and I don't even remember what we started chatting about when we kind of started chatting and we realized that we were going to the same place and we were both, I think we were both actually starting on that team uh, as new players, weren't we? No, I had been there for a season already. Oh, you had been there for a season. Okay. I was the newbie coming in. Um, That was kind of like our initial just complete uh, coincidence meeting. Um, And then like, I just like, you know, when you meet somebody and you just like vibe right away, like even on that bus ride, I was like, oh, I like this person. And it made me feel so seen and grounded because I had nobody in that city at the time. And so I was like, okay, this is like maybe going to be okay. Like, especially if like other people on this team are like this awesome person. So that was kind of our initial meeting. But then I think like where I really locked in and knew like you were going to be one of my people, one of my Mm -hmm. core people was just how easily like 
you know, like I can be pretty random and my pop culture well is pretty what? deep. I, <laughs> and I would like throw out something that was like totally off the cuff and like most people would never pick up as like a reference. And you would like, just, you were so quick. Like you always were right there to like respond and like riff. Um, and that's hard to find. So I was like, oh, this person is a ride or die for sure. <laughs> I definitely watched a lot of television and I believe that pop culture knowledge is taking up valuable real estate in my brain. And you know what? I'm okay with it. Totally. What about you? What do you remember? I remember that bus ride too, actually. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming home from practice that night to the person who is not important. I'll not be named. (laughs) I'll not be named. To Voldemort. But actually not because this person wasn't evil. We're just whatever. It's just a person from the past. It was Tom Riddle. It was Tom Riddle. (laughs) And I, uh, yeah, I remember coming home and being like, oh, I just met my soccer soulmate is what I called you because- Yeah, I just felt a click instantly, both in the way that we interacted with each other Mm -hmm. on a communication level, but also just the way we played together. I always loved playing with you because our styles worked really well together. Mm -hmm. Totally. I should have mentioned that. Yeah, (laughs) that's like a thing for sure in in the sport. Like, I don't know if it's like this in other sports, but like with soccer, it's like, oh, when somebody can like anticipate what you're going to do and like you just like click in that way. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah. I think it speaks to usually a larger vibe that you have with somebody. Yeah. And I think speaking to what you said about soccer, joining a new team in a new place, that's Mm -hmm. also what I've always done where when I'm somewhere new, the first thing Mm -hmm. I do is join a soccer team because Mm -hmm. usually I find some people who become long-term friends. Yeah, for sure. Like usually out of each team, there's like a couple of people who are like definitely like deep contact, but I've also had the opposite experience because I've lived in a lot of different places where you get on a team and like you don't click or you're just yes. like you don't find that connection. Uh, yeah. But like this was definitely not that case for sure. Oh, and I just remembered something else. So mm. previously, Megan and I lived in the same city, not mm-hmm. the city where we first met, but we mm-hmm. actually discovered this after we met that yeah. we lived in another city during the same timeline and almost played on the same soccer team. So Ooh, I think oh, our yeah. meeting was destined to be. Totally. Whoa parallel timeline but beyond soccer like I think what's extra sort of you know taking it to that extra level is like moving out of that environment and um, we just really figured out that there was just like a lot of things that beyond like deep cut references and the sport (laughs) that we loved that we had really strong beliefs about that we had um, a lot of passion around and especially sort of like moving into parenthood we found that like we've become very important um, people in each other's lives yes And even though like our experiences and sometimes the things that we, um, you know, have to think about or are focused on might look a little bit different, we learn from each other and we Uh learn how to uh be better and how to come to the table better and parent better. I think I do anyway, just by virtue of like having you as an important person in my life. Absolutely. And definitely in like the moments of high, the high moments too, where I will message you and be like, my kid did a stand up pee. I am done. <laughs> my kid stand up pees now. I don't have to worry about things getting all over the floor. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. done. I have officially finished parenting. I don't yeah. have anything left to teach my kid. And in the low moments where I'm like, my kid just pissed all over the floor and was making an effort to do a stand up pee, but it ended <laughs> very, very badly. But yeah, I just, I'm so grateful for you and then like coming together to like take this on, take this on the road, (laughs) like have a roadshow version (laughs) of our friendship. Um, I think even if no one listens, like we said, it's going to be a special experience. I'll listen, Meg. I'll listen. Cool. Me too.
Oh, and actually, you know what? I'll save that for our episode on race. I was going to say another part to our friendship story oh. when I knew that you were my ride or die, Ooh. but I'll save that for our race episode. What a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for the next episode. Hold up. Wait. <laughs> We kind of thought before we go on this journey together to up our games as parents, as allies, as humans, that we should maybe talk a little bit about our parenting journey and why we are hoping you guys will stick with us and we can go on this journey together. So we figured we'd do a little Q&A and ask each other some questions that we may or may not already know the answers to. Let's find out. Yeah, let's do it. You want to ask first or answer first? Um... You can, why don't, why don't I answer first and then we'll flip back and forth. So let's see, what should we ask you? What were each of your pregnancies like? You have two kids. Were they similar to each other or were they both different from one another? Ooh, interesting question. And I'm excited to flip the script on you and hear your response to this. Um, yeah, so mine were like actually pretty different. My first pregnancy, I was, <laughs> I love saying this, it makes me sound like, um, I'm saying my child was an accident, but he was just a very special surprise. First pregnancy, uh, my partner and I were not expect, we were not, um, you know, like aiming to get pregnant. And so it was um, a surprise. Although at the same time, like we know how babies are made. So like a surprise, but also, you know, a surprise that was always a possibility. Yeah, it's, it is, let's be frank. It's more of an oops than a surprise, <laughs> but a super happy, lovely one. Yeah, uh, and it was not an oops. The circumstances around his creation was an oops. Totally, totally. Um, and it was just like really stressful timing. Like my partner was like finishing up um, like a very demanding school program. And I was working in like super grassroots nonprofit that is like very rewarding work but not super like financially stable work and I also have like uh some I guess like what would it be uh, anatomical complications and so um, my pregnancy was considered high risk and like there was just like a lot of question marks around um how like how that would go so my first pregnancy I found like far more stressful and just like very very question mark and like not sure um, how things were going to shake out for like a bunch of different reasons. Um, but then I, you know, like it was like super straightforward. I had, I did have a cesarean like out of necessity. And then it was like a very quick recovery coming out of that experience and was like shocked that I was being sent home when I was, because I was like, what do you mean? Like, aren't, aren't we going to stay here forever and you're going to like help us do everything. Um, so there was all that, uh, kind of like anxiety coming out of that. Like it was like super straightforward, quick recovery, but like very anxious new parent, um, which I'm sure lots of people can relate to. Um, but we figured it out and then our kids are five and a half years apart. So five and a half years later, um, which was not intentional, we wanted them to be closer together, but um, it took us a while for us to get pregnant with our second child. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that pregnancy was like, I forgot most of the time that I was pregnant. It went by (laughs) super fast. I was like, this child is going to be neglected big time, which is probably the case for lots of second children. But then his birth was actually a lot more stressful than the the first one. Like he had some 
breathing issues at birth. It wasn't like anything that was that serious, but it always Mm -hmm. feels very serious when you're in it. Yeah. So like that part was stressful. And then we ended up in the hospital for like an extended, not super extended, but like a much longer stay than the first time around. So it was like, I was crawling up the walls wanting to get out of that place (laughs) during that time. But yeah, so they were pretty different. I learned lots of different things from both of those experiences. Um, What about you? Tell me about your experience. I already kind of know about it, but I would love for you to share a little bit if you're comfortable with everybody else. Yeah, comfortable. That's not a word that I was familiar with during my pregnancy. No, Um, God. (laughs) Okay, so I always thought that I would adopt. That was since I was a child. I always assumed that I would adopt. That's what Mm -hmm. I always wanted to do. And -hmm. it's something that I still feel very strongly and passionately about. Um, When I met my current partner, we talked about both adoption and having children biological well attempting to have children biologically because mm-hmm. you never know if you can until you're trying to mm-hmm. and we were very fortunate in that I got pregnant very quickly mm-hmm. and then it turns out my body doesn't necessarily like hormones Oof. so I threw up roughly I would say 90% of the days of my pregnancy oh, man. and like a good day would be if I only threw up three times so mm-hmm. sorry if that's graphic too much information for anybody not graphic anybody... enough tell us more <laughs> what was in it <laughs> nothing because i Don't couldn't hold that. anything down <laughs> <laughs> i had to get an iv at one point that's awful i, I yeah it was it was a rough ride mm-hmm. i am absolutely happy to have my child now i was very miserable throughout my pregnancy it was one of those ones where i threw up so many times that i tore the lining in my esophagus oh more than once. Oh my gosh. I, what a horror show. Yeah. I burst a blood vessel in my eye at least once. And then my blood pressure shot up. So I had to take aspirin, which would make my nose bleed. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I didn't bleed out of my ears. I don't think so. I got <laughs> small favors, but yeah, I had like bad edema. So I have a spring baby and by like the middle of winter, I was already just straight up wearing flip-flops. I couldn't get my foot in any shoes. Oh I gosh. had like really bad back pain. So I was wearing one of those sort of wraparound brace things. I got carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, so I wore a brace on <laughs> each hand at night and I lost the feeling in like two fingers on each hand <laughs> throughout my pregnancy. I'm not so laughing at you. Funny. I just it's like, just like it, the robotic it just like like I'm writing an awful cliched sitcom, but like going a step too far, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, they like completely overwrote this. Yeah, this would never happen. Except this is not believable. Did. Yeah, and I ended up being induced, mm-hmm. which in my case was a good thing because had I continued on for the last couple of weeks, my blood pressure would have been fatally mm-hmm. high. Yeah. Yeah. Get that baby out. <laughs> Scram. So me, like the best part of my pregnancy was the labor. That was the part that I look back on most fondly. <laughs> <laughs> and not just because like, oh, that means that I wasn't going to deal with those pregnancy symptoms yeah. anymore, but literally labor itself. Like I had a pretty quick labor. It was incredibly painful mm-hmm. after I was induced because I, whatever, long story short, I didn't know I was in labor. Yeah. And then there, I had a baby like within 24 hours. Yeah. That is no pregnancy. Like I know people know this and I know there's going to be parents listening. Like what I was about to say is like the most cliche, most obvious. It is no joke. Like I certainly was not laughing. No, not funny. Although we just were, but I just, I, it makes me think like we just shared like two stories and they had their ups and downs years far more than mine, but um, like just how many 
like how everybody's story is just like full of that. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Oh, and, and I will like say intense. that hospital meal that I had after giving birth was mm. the best meal I've had in my life. It was probably <laughs> terrible and I'm sure it tasted like garbage to anybody who had been able to eat properly, mm. but coming off of like almost nine months of throwing up everything I ate, it was the first meal that I was able to eat and hold down and not feel nauseous. So shout out to that hospital food. Oh man, those little mini milks you get though in the hospital, I couldn't get enough of those either. <laughs> I was like, keep them coming, housewife, love it. I want more. Um, that That is like quite a story and you're an absolute warrior. And lots, you know, lots of folks out there probably can relate to definitely at least parts of that experience. And so. I would love to hear people's pregnancy stories, just like mm -hmm. people's relationship stories. I love a good pregnancy story too. Uh, too. So share those with us if you feel comfortable. Okay. I'm going to ask you another question. All right. Um, there's so many things I want to ask you, but okay, let's start at this, this place. What is, or what has been the, the best thing about having a child? Ooh, okay. That's a tough one. There are so many good things. I think honestly, just watching my kid grow and develop, like just mm -hmm. learn a new skill mm -hmm. and like, you know, from like army crawling mm -hmm. across the floor to taking a first step to speaking mm -hmm. the first word. And like, I know I complain a lot because my kid talks like a lot, but it's really <laughs> cool hearing the new words that he learns and the way he puts phrases together and like the words that he makes up intentionally. Mm -hmm. Like one of his favorite things is playing with words. So he'll intentionally twist around a phrase mm -hmm. and then just say, Hey mom, I'm playing with words. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. He's a genius. Also hearing my kids say mom. Yeah. That's a big one. Most of the time. Some yeah. of the time I'm like, all right, we're good here. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right back at you. Like I just like the cop out answer would be like, oh, that's ditto. Right. All that. No, <laughs> but, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this lately because like I found like parenting really challenging during COVID. Yes. Um, just like everybody's worlds are completely upside down. And so I'm like, okay, sometimes I just want to ground in those like really like gratitude of like, what, what does this bring to the table? I think that it is definitely all that learning stuff, but like I'm thinking more specifically now about my older child. Like I've been finding it really rewarding as he like comes into his own with like opinions. Oh, and, like, yes. Thoughtful. Like sometimes some of his opinions I could like stand to not know, but like, cause he likes, like your child, he likes to share all of them with me all the time. All of them. Um, but just like when you see the fruits of your labor, you know, around like certain kinds of like, I don't know, like values, let's say, or like perspectives about the world. Mm -hmm. And then I'll hear my kid like reflect something in a thoughtful way. That's like very rewarding. And then of course, like all of the like sweet things, like a kid, so a human being who just like loves you so unconditionally. Yes. Of course. Most of the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I feel like every answer has a caveat of most of the, most time. Of the time. When it's good, it's real good. Yeah, exactly. What's been one of your biggest challenges? Oh, Good question. Biggest challenge. The biggest challenge for me has been, okay, this is like, I'm trying to think of a concise way of saying it. Working through systems that aren't built for your kid mm -hmm. and like nobody gives you a playbook to have a kid, period. Yes. You certainly don't get a playbook if your child falls outside the norm of nope. like what, you know, like development. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think the most challenging thing, 
and like it, it goes without saying that nobody's asking for a different kid or would want a different kid is having to navigate systems that are not built for my own ch- my kid well put yeah so like just having to figure out how to advocate how to put my big girl pants on and mm-hmm. be in conflict, which I'm not, it's not a place of comfort for me. Push, Sorry, pushing for back. For some reason, I thought you were going to say be incontinent, I think, because you said big girl <laughs> pants. And anyways, moving on. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes it almost gets there <laughs> um, through my rage. Uh, no, and just like figuring out how to, you know what? Having to be unlikable. Mm, good word. Mm-hmm. We will and revisit we'll, that. We'll get back to that. Yes. <laughs> What about you? What have you found challenging? I think, I mean, everybody talks about balance and Mm -hmm. the struggle to find balance. I think for me, one of the big challenges is that I'm at my best when I have also have time to myself. Mm -hmm. So when I go through a large period of time where I'm unable to get time to myself, Mm -hmm. then I just feel like I'm not the best mom that I could be. Yeah. And like, I just, even if it's just like half an hour in a room by myself where nobody's talking to me, but as I mentioned, my child is very verbal, which is awesome and amazing and Mm -hmm. really great, (laughs) but also really exhausting because when somebody is talking to you from the moment they wake up to the moment you go to sleep, then that doesn't (laughs) give you a time to have your own thoughts and to just like figure out what you're thinking or what you're looking at or what you're Uh doing, where it's to the point, sometimes I feel like my kid's voice is now the voice in my head mm-hmm. as opposed to my own thoughts. And I find that to be challenging sometimes. I mean, I'm a writer and mm-hmm. so I spend a lot of time listening to my own internal monologue or the thoughts of my characters that are in my head. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's always something going on in there. And mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like those voices are being pushed out by another voice. And that's just super challenging for me because, you know, sometimes I just need a second and I can't get that second. Mm -hmm. Totally. I can relate to that too. And I'm sure lots of other people can for sure. Okay. Here's a question. What has been the most surprising thing to you about parenthood? Hmm. That's a great question. Uh, Sorry for the dead air. I know that's not great for a pod. That's just the sound of me thinking. (laughs) That's just the sound of me enjoying like just a brief moment of silence. (laughs) We're actually just going to take some time for you to have quiet (laughs) right now, right here. What has been the most surprising thing? I don't know if I can think of anything that I've been like, oh, I Mm -hmm. am shocked by that. Mm -hmm. But there are little moments here or there, just things that my kid will say or just moments like the other day he turned to me and now I'm just gonna sound like a cruel heartless person I have here having said that my son talks too much (laughs) and what I'm about to tell you but like the other day he turned to me and just like out of nowhere he goes mom you're a good mom oh god it's just like the moments like that where I just his ability to to emote Mm-hmm. and his ability to just formulate thoughts and figure out what it is that he's feeling and then express that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Ugh, breaking my heart. <laughs> what have you found to be really surprising? I like how I put you on the spot with that one and then I got some time to think. Um, <laughs> honestly, like, I, I shouldn't have been surprised by this, but I'm surprised by how much I'm able to see my own both positive and also areas of in need of development like personality quirks in my kids 
okay. So like, I, you know, it's been like a really interesting thing. Be like, oh, this kid does this thing and it's so frustrating. And then realizing, oh, I do that thing. <laughs> yes. Like that's, that's <laughs> me and my partner and I, we kind of like not call each other out, but we're like, you know, that's like something you do all the time. Like now I'm like a lot more aware of it, but it's just like, I'm surprised by, I'm surprised by A, I, how much I didn't expect that and mm-hmm. B, how many things annoy me about what my kids do that are like completely character traits that I have so it's like a really like cool yet like infuriating mirror to get to look at sometimes absolutely that's that's something I'd like to model differently (laughs) that's a good one I like that all right back at you what are you most self-critical or self-conscious of in your parenting yeah good one so it's kind of like building on my last answer yes um, I am very impatient. That's like, mine too. Yeah. Oh, mind meld. We do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm very impatient. And like, like I said, like love them to bits, but you know, like, like my, my children, like anybody's children require a lot of patience. And, uh, I find that like, I do have a tendency to go from like a zero to a hundred when I'm like tired, when I'm stressed, when I'm, mm-hmm. And like, I'm working really hard at eliminating raising my, I never thought I would be a parent who yells. Mm -hmm. Like I never thought I would be that parent. And like, I definitely yell from time to time. And I just like, what else do you have? I I need to get a whistle straight up. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think that's my biggest thing that I'm always working on is like my own like Mm self-regulation and modeling that because I lack it sometimes. And I, I'm working really hard to try to get better at that. Yeah, I find I'm not as patient mm-hmm. in some moments as I wish I were. Yeah. And I it's something I work on. I'm trying to meditate and I'm yeah. trying to journal and I'm trying all the things that'll allow me to just sort of take a step back in the moment mm-hmm. and realize what's going on. And I think a lot of it too, I have to remind myself that my kid isn't doing these things to specifically to piss oh me off. God. Yes. Where sometimes it feels very personal and like very much <laughs> like like he's doing it just because it will, it will annoy me. Oh, big time. And I like, my kid's not doing it to annoy me. I mean, some things for sure he's doing to annoy like, me, well, but like once most, in a of while. The time, <laughs> most of the time, yeah. it's just like, this is where he's at developmentally. And uh-huh. because we're so far removed from those stages in adulthood, it's hard to remember that like, this is what it's like to be a child. Yeah totally such a yeah samesies all around (laughs) um okay this is a I really like this question because I let's take it away from like what we're working on and I want you to I want you to tell me what is your parenting superpower Ooh, my parenting superpower Ooh, my parenting superpower Mm -hmm. is telling my son what he calls stories without a book Mm. so he will just name something that he would like me to tell him a story about and then just on the spot I'm able to create a story that entertains him so we do you entertain my kid that's amazing (laughs) we do this a lot at bedtime Mm -hmm. and sometimes we'll just do it if we're out somewhere playing and he gets tired then he'll just curl up in my lap and say mom can you tell me a story without a book about a fire truck that's the sickest fire truck in the world Mm. and his name is Roy whoa yeah (laughs) where I'm like okay so it's like I think it's because I've always wanted to do improv I was literally just gonna say I feel like you guys are playing improv games (laughs) I like that's like so I love it because generally like I'm never I I never freeze in the moment I always come up with a story sure they're not always great but he likes them and that's Mm -hmm. the point of it 
I feel like that should have been our segue around, like, just as an FYI, we are working very hard to get Jason Matsukas on the pod. <laughs> I mean, but- yes, if we're talking improv, let's start at the top. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody yeah, knows that's Jason Matsukas. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Our, uh... We ran out of time today. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> He's on our wish list. Yes, he is. Um, that's amazing. That's like such an incredible gift. I feel like there's like a podcast in that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Copyright. Stories I make up for your kid. <laughs> yeah, or just like stories without a book. That's, that's a really cool idea. Um, what's your parenting superpower? Hmm. I think I my parenting superpower is tough conversations. Honestly. Ooh, Not to like... I feel like everyone's going to be like, listen, I've listened to the pod and that's not your superpower. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I, um, it kind of links to like what I do for work outside my home, my paid work. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like I have a knack for breaking down hard, complicated things Mm -hmm. for little people who are at a particular developmental moment. That's a great superpower. So that's, that's one where I feel like I have some strength in and I almost like, it's like, we were talking about yours being like an improv game. Mine is almost like a game to me. It's like, oh, the more complicated the question, the more I'm like, oh, this is juicy. How do I make this resonate with an eight-year-old? Yes. How do you distill it down to the parts that will Hmm. make the most sense for where your kid's at developmentally? Yeah. And then like inject like some value into, because I'm deeply political. So like that's an important (laughs) idea. So I I like that. And I think I'm I'm pretty skilled at that. Well, I will be sending my kid your way when the (laughs) tough talks. Yeah. Distillation. We'll trade in parenting commodities. Yes. Guys, community. That's what we're talking about. Totally. For sure. Okay. Let's wrap it up with a two-parter question. Okay. What is your biggest fear for your kids and Mm. what is your biggest hope for them? You can do it as for both kids or uh, each individual child. Your call. I think I'm going to do them together because I think it's aligned. Okay. I'm going to do my biggest fear. It's going to be layered. My biggest fear for them both is that they're assholes. Mm, Fair. Like, I'm raising two, as far as I know, cisgendered, white, middle-class boys. And that comes with, like, loads of privilege. And their Mm -hmm. position in the world will be an inequitable one in comparison with other people. And my, honestly, like, the thing that keeps me up at night as a parent is that they will be assholes. And they won't do enough to pull others up with them and elevate other people. So I know that sounds so dark and so cruel to them, but like that's a big driving force in my life is to ensure that I'm working hard to combat that fear. And then I just have like a, like one of my kids, you know, developmentally sort of like um, outside of the norm. And so like a personal fear for him is that he just feels like outside of others, right. Mm -hmm. Throughout his life and doesn't feel like he has like connection and like peers that are like truly peers. Yes. Yeah. So whether those things link or not, I'm not sure, but big overarching one. And then like some specific around um, like his own needs and his development. But uh, my hope is kind of just the alternative for that is that Mm -hmm. they're first of all happy and like, and that they are people in the world who feel fully and are able to, talk about how they feel fully and are also invested in making room for everybody around them. Yes. Nice. I like it. Thanks. (laughs) What about you? Biggest fear, biggest hope. 
Um, definitely. I'm going to go with two fears. One fear, like you're saying, raising somebody who is just like a disrespectful, harmful human mm-hmm. who just doesn't take care of the people around him. For instance, I um, worry that I'm going to have a child who does not listen to consent. Mm. And because, I mean, this is going to be maybe a bit of a bold statement, but every rapist is somebody's kid. Oh, big time. Yeah. And so I know you said you didn't want to get too dark. Sorry. I just oh, let's went get, super let's dark. Get dark. <laughs> Go down into the pits. And so like, that's a big fear of mine. And mm. then my other big fear is that my child will be harmed because mm-hmm. of his skin color because mm-hmm. he will grow up to, well, as far as I know right now, he'll grow up to be a black male. Mm-hmm. And like I said yeah. earlier, the world is not kind to black men. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really want the world to be kind to my kid. He's awesome. And he deserves a chance to grow up and figure out who he wants to be, what he wants to be. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's my hope for him that mm-hmm. he will grow up, get the chance to grow up in a world where everyone isn't deciding what he can and can't be based on his skin color, that he'll mm-hmm. get to make that decision for himself. Yeah. Amen. Okay, so to wrap things up each week on the Gaining Momentum podcast, we're going to take a moment to explore a segment called Pause for Momentum. And in this segment, we will take a a moment for Abby to share a reflective piece of writing on the topic that we were exploring that day, people. So I'm going to throw to Abby and, and see what you've written for us today. And before I read today's poem, I just also want to take a second to let every parent who's listening know you're doing a great job. Some days are awful and some days are awesome and some days are just mediocre, but whatever kind of a day you're having, you're doing the very best you can and we see you and we applaud you. Big time. Yep. So today's poem is just simply titled Friendship. The basic tenet at our friendship's core, you have my back and I have yours giving you the power of knowing my secrets, trusting you not to become one of my regrets. From staying out dancing in days long past to this parenting journey that's largely a blast. Sharing with you my most deeply held fears, knowing you'll listen through all of my tears. Lifting me up when moments are dark, helping me to regain that optimistic spark. You admit to the things that scare you the most, unguarded, telling me the things you can't post. I fall, you fall, we help each other to rise, encourage each other to reach for the skies. I love your kids just like you love mine with a ferocity that helps them all to shine. We smile, we laugh, we name check a show there for each other as we continue to grow stronger together. Even when we're far apart, please know you have a huge place in my heart on sunny days. And on days that are gray, we're gaining momentum each step of the way. If you like what you just heard, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you find podcasts. Gaining Momentum is written, produced, and edited by Abby and Megan. With music by Evan Dysart. And podcast art by Catherine Katcha. And a special thank you to our podcast mentor, Belle, from the podcast Thirst World Problems. Thanks, Belle. Thanks, Belle. And if you want to find any more info on any of their work, please check out the links in our podcast description. 